everybody welcome back well this week is a pretty special episode it is episode 100 and i have to tell you when i started this podcast a few years ago now i think it's three or four years at this point i really only started this podcast because i was working in the podcasting space and i felt like a little bit of a fraud if i didn't also have a podcast to show people that i could do what i was talking about all the time So that's kind of how this podcast started. But over the last three to four years, it's turned into something where I've helped thousands of people at this point learn more about podcasting and how to get started and how to improve theirs and how to grow theirs and how to use their podcast to build a community, to grow their business, to create influence in in people's lives. And, and it's been a wonderful journey. And what I wanted to do, besides saying thank you to all of you who listen to the podcast, I want to go back and kind of look back at the last three to four years and, and talk about what has gone on and what has happened and what's next. So if you've not gone back and listened to episode, I forget if it's episode one or episode two of my podcast, I probably should remember, it might even be later than that. I, I just want to recount my story, how we've gotten to this point. You know, I always wanted to be a musician. Uh, In high school, I was in the band and joined the chorus and got involved in music theater and then went to college to study music and got an undergrad degree and then got a master's degree in conducting. I always wanted to be up in front of an orchestra, be up in front of a chorus. and, And that was the first really 10 years of my professional career, I was working for nonprofit arts organizations in Washington, D.C. That's how I met my wife. We worked together with different organizations. I got to the point where I was conducting on stage at the Kennedy Center. I was working with performing arts organizations at the National Cathedral, these wonderful stages, working with amazing professional musicians. And I started to realize that it it was wonderful. It was a great job. But I was going to have to be 50 or 60 years old before I really got the dream job. It's a very small industry. There are still conductors who are in their 80s on stage sitting on stools because they can no longer stand for, you know, to get through a 45 minute symphony or, or something like that. So I had started to see that. And then when my wife and I, we got married uh, a few years after getting married, we had our first child, my daughter. Elena. And Elena, if you haven't heard me talk about it before, suffered a brain injury during birth. And our lives changed immediately. You know, she was in the NICU for six weeks. She underwent therapeutic hypothermia treatment to stop her brain injury from spreading. And But we knew things were going to be tough. And so immediately, we had the need for some flexibility. So we started thinking, and and this was maybe a year or two process, what would we do to have more flexibility for one of us to be home so that we had the flexibility to take Elena to appointments and therapy and and things like that. And it it fell to me, I had the, maybe the not as many benefits or something like that, or I had some ideas about what I could do as a business because I'd always played around with recording and, you know, being a musician, that's just what you do. Microphones and digital audio workstations and audio interfaces and mixing boards and all that sort of stuff. So I knew a little bit about it and I started to research, could I start a recording business? 
in college, I'd been in uh, acapella groups and I, I noticed that there were people in the acapella world that were making a living full-time recording college acapella groups, professional acapella groups, amateur acapella groups. And I was like, okay, let me look into this. And I had some great mentors early on, way back in the days where I was meeting these people on discussion forums. This is really almost pre-social media. Social media had just really gotten going in, in that 2008, 2009 time period. And I dove in and started trying to do it and started building a business. And at first I did it for free and then I got paid a little bit. And within a few years, I had a break even, make a little bit of money recording business where I would record groups in my house or I would travel to them. And that was going great, but I really was getting frustrated with musicians. I mean, when I say it was going great, I was working with some of the best acapella groups in the industry. I was working on NBC's The Sing-Off as, uh, as an editor, and, and it seemed great, but it was frustrating. Musicians are fun to work with, but projects go on for a year. Musicians are often very creative types of people. They're not management types of people. They're not always business-minded. And so budgeting is challenging. Making payments on time is challenging sometimes too. So it was hard to grow a business around this. So I really early on started to think about, okay, well, how could I diversify this business so I'm not just relying on these acapella groups? And I thought about bands, and I thought about other things. But then it occurred to me that I really loved listening to podcasts around that time. Podcasts were changing my life. They were helping me learn things about the world, learn things about myself, learn things about how to improve my business. So I started to talk to some of my friends who had podcasts and, and say, you know, hey, I, I'm interested in this. What is this world like? And one of our friends, Jen Hoffman, who has uh, the Healthy Moving podcast, and her business is Healthy Moving, she suggested I go to this conference called Podcast Movement. And this is back in 2016. And she introduced me to a friend who was going. She wasn't going to go, but there was a friend that you know I could meet there. So I wasn't going by myself, not knowing anybody. And if you if you know me, I'm an introvert. I'm an INTJ. I uh, you know, it. I can be sociable, I can talk to people, but it's really hard for me to m make that first move, if you know what I mean. And so it was wonderful. Lauren Gaggioli was the, the friend that Jen introduced me to. And Lauren knew everybody at that conference, and everybody knew Lauren, so it was wonderful. I met people like Jody Mayberry. I met people like Mike Kim at Podcast Movement 2016. And these are people who became very important to my growth and uh, entry into the podcasting space. I met Katie Kermitsos at that podcast. All of these people ended up being early clients of mine. <clears throat> and so I got my business started. I was at first charging $40 an episode and people would recommend, oh, maybe you should try this, maybe you should grow this, maybe you should raise your rates. And you've heard me mention Mike a lot on this podcast. He's been one of my chief mentors over that time. And I joined his mastermind group very early on, like in 2017, because I recognized that having that weekly or bi-weekly advice and ideas and referrals was going to be really helpful. And I've met some of my closest friends through that mastermind. <clears throat> now, along the way, I've made 
mistakes too. You know, it hasn't just all been sunshine and roses and, and growth and things like that. Um, a couple of years after being in Mike's mastermind, I recognized that, oh, I might want to try and meet people that were executives or corporate people that would be maybe spending more money to be in a mastermind. And an opportunity came up to be in another mastermind. I stayed in Mike's, but it, it was going to be a mastermind that was $2,500 a month. And I was, and it was going to be a stretch for me. But I'm like, if I'm in a group that's $2,500 a month, uh, it's going to be a good opportunity. I'm going to meet some people. Well, you know, that mastermind didn't really pan out. It, it wasn't all that it was promised to be. And, but I still, honestly, I still met two or three good people who actually ended up being clients through that mastermind. So it was a mistake, but at the same time, it was a learning opportunity. And I did meet some people, you know, over these years too, I've tried to scale my business. I've created courses. I've created opportunities for people to learn from me. And there's been plenty of failed launches. But every time I had a failed launch of something, I learned something about my audience from it. I learned something about my email list. I learned something about my community. And it's led to improvement the next time. So some people always ask me, you know, over the last five or six years, how have you grown this business from something that was break even to now multi six figures that has a team of eight? We're working with close to 30 clients at any time. We're helping people launch podcasts. I'm teaching people. I'm a LinkedIn learning instructor, all those types of things. So at first, how I grew really was referrals. I did things for people for free to show them that I could do it and help them out and be very, just give them as much value as I possibly can. And what that led to was them saying, hey, I'm going to introduce you to this friend or this other person that I know that really needs help. And over the last six years, that's been a steady component of how my business has grown. I'll tell you another thing. One of the things I learned in that expensive mastermind that I was in was that I needed to raise my rates. And I did that. And as soon as I raised my rates, I started getting better clients. So when you hear people tell you to raise your rates and you get that imposter syndrome where you're like, oh, no, I can't. I, I'm not that big. I'm not that much of an expert. Listen to them because there are lots of people out there that will not hire you if they think that you are low on the totem pole because you're only charging $40 an episode or something like that. So believe in yourself if people are telling you you are good, believe them and raise your rates if you can. The other thing that has really helped me grow is growing my team. You may have heard me on a recent episode talk about outsourcing. It was a stretch sometimes for me to outsource. But because there were bottlenecks, because there was time that I couldn't spend on growing the business, I needed to grow my team. And growing my team, adding more editors, adding copywriters, adding services to our packages, adding project managers, and finally adding an operations manager has helped me grow the business. Every time I've added someone, it has allowed me to free up bandwidth to go and do something that adds to the business or improves our services for the clients that I have. So what's next? <laughs> well, Right now, you know, like I mentioned a year ago, we hired an operations manager and we're actually in the process now of hiring another one. And I've it's it's been stellar. I, I've had an amazing search with amazing applicants applying and I, I'm really looking forward to our new operations manager joining us 
and the growth that we're going to see in this business. And at the same time, it's bittersweet. I, I know because I'm very aware of how the COVID pandemic has really negatively affected moms and women and women who own businesses and moms who own businesses. It's really not fair what has happened over the last year that the burden of childcare, the burden of schooling often fell to women. I'm lucky to have an amazing wife, the mother of my children, Erin, who was very willing to take this on in support of the business that I'd created so that we both could be at home anyway. But there's a lot of women out there who didn't have that experience. And I've had the painful experience of calling references for some of these operations manager candidates and having all of them say, you know, I wish I could have kept so-and-so on my team, but I had to scale back last year when COVID hit and I had the children at home and all that sort of stuff. So I would urge you, and this is just a, a personal plea for me, that over the next year or two, do as much as you can to support women-owned businesses, mom-owned businesses, because they have suffered just like the women that were in the workforce. So think about that as well as you're out there and thinking about support and outsourcing and things like that. So what what else is um, next? I've talked about podcasting now for 100 episodes, and I will continue to talk about podcasting and how you can use it in your business, how to improve your podcast, how to start your podcast. I'll talk about the new things that are coming out. But I'm also going to put more focus on how to build your business. I have, of course, built a, a business that's pretty stable over the last six years, and I want other people to have that stability. I want them to have that chance to create something that they're passionate about, that they can do from home, that will give them the flexibility to be with their family, to be with their friends, and to really live their life, to live the life that they want. So look for that on future episodes and the things that I'm, I'm doing. I'll be talking about business growth. I'll be talking about business strategy. I'll be talking about how podcasts fit into that growth and that strategy and how you can use them more. And one thing that I'm really excited about is that we have created a membership site called the Podcaster Pod. The Podcaster Pod is for people who are interested in starting podcasts, doing it themselves, but also for current podcasters who are looking to continue their learning, to have a community where they can ask questions, where they can connect with other podcasters and grow together. So if you want to learn more about the podcaster pod, go to dannyosmond.com slash pod. And when you get there, you'll see that as part of the membership, which is right now only $27 a month, you get access to my full eight module podcasting course where it goes soup to nuts, start to finish, um, choosing your title and what you're going to talk about and who your audience is all the way up to the launch and everything in between the equipment, the recording. I've got scripts, I've got templates, all those types of things. You get full access to that course in this membership site. In addition, you'll have a Slack community that you will be a part of where you can ask questions at any time. You can talk to me, you can talk to my team, you can talk to the other podcasters, you can connect with people who you might want to interview, all those wonderful things. And in addition to that, we will be doing a monthly Q&A call where you can be on live with me for an hour to ask questions and submit questions ahead of time just in case you won't be there. And I'll also be doing expert calls where I will bring on 
my team members to talk about systems. I will bring on my friends and colleagues to talk about list building and social media practices and all the types of things that relate to having an online business, having a flexible business, having a brick and mortar business these days. I have um, friends and colleagues who are experts in all those fields. So that's what's next. That's what I'm excited about. And I just want to say again, thank you. Thank you for being here. If you've been here for two episodes, if you've been here for a hundred episodes, I really appreciate you putting in the time to listen and to learn. And I hope that going forward, I can do something to help you have success with your podcast and with your business. Thank you so much. <laughs>